Hey everyone, it's Mohan here from WACT. In today's episode, Ashwin won't be able to join us because he's currently in India. But we have Nathan here. Um, so for those of you who don't know who Nathan is, Nathan is a law graduate who became a writer. At the moment, he is a content writer at Hybrid. And he is also the founder of Race Recap on LinkedIn, where he writes about F1 stuff. So without wasting any time, let's get right into it. All right, Nathan, you are in your early 20s. There's TikTok, Instagram, a lot more other platforms catered to a younger audience, but you choose LinkedIn as your preferred platform to build your brand. Why is that? So how I started actually is like, I started as a writer, right? So I didn't really use LinkedIn a lot. So this was somewhere in like 2019. Yeah, 20, 2018, 20, 2019 actually was the first time. Um, So what I did was I was kind of writing at that point in time. And I literally just started to post my articles on LinkedIn. Didn't think it would get any traction and stuff like that. Posted the first article, got a bit of traction. Then I was kind of doing that. That's how I started. I was just posting uh, posts about the articles I've written. Uh, and then after that, I was just like, ah, it's really long. It took so long to write the articles. So I transitioned into just writing like text posts on LinkedIn because it's a lot quicker. Uh, and then, yeah, that kind of started to build up. And yeah, but I think for the first two years when I was creating content on LinkedIn, like I didn't really have like a strategy to it. It was just me posting whatever and whenever. It wasn't until like, let's say after I got to like, I didn't know how to get, I got to like 1K followers. And only after that, I was just like, oh, okay. Then after that, from YK onwards, it's like, okay, I think we need to kind of like have a structure or like have some sort of strategy onwards. Yeah, that's when I like learned how to do like pillars and stuff like that. And yeah, then that's when I actually like started to take it seriously. So that's the story from 1K to 2K. And then when I started my job, I was at 2K. And then after that, it was just a matter of like trying to do it like consistently and stuff like that. Like. Yeah. To answer the question like why LinkedIn is just, it's, I think I've heard this explanation from my friend, which I really agree. It's the lowest barrier of entry for any content creators because like you guys mentioned, right? It's just so easy to create content on LinkedIn. You, you can just start, you know, it's not like Instagram where you need to have some form of setup or like, you know, video form content like on Instagram, YouTube and TikTok. You need to at least like know how to shoot a video or like for LinkedIn, you can just type. Like, it doesn't even have to be like a well-written post, you know. You know, you see all these viral posts, they are like literally less than like a minute. You know, you can write it, you can just post it and you just, so the barrier of entry is just that low. Yeah. Interesting. I actually never seen anyone talking about LinkedIn this way because it makes a lot of sense. Because usually, let's say as a marketer or as a content creator, someone just wants to build their brand. I think the first few things that would go through their mind is, oh, I don't have the resources to start. And um, for Instagram, for TikTok, let's say or YouTube, like it's so uh, resource intensive. Like you need to have some form of um, knowledge um, in video creation, video editing as well. So that process of creating alone is so extensive and it, I, I understand why it could drive people away. But I think the way you explain like how LinkedIn is such an easy platform for anyone could just start creating. I think that's, I think that, that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's just really, really low. And then also I think for from like a content creator's perspective, there's not too much data you really have to understand. So even for me as a law graduate, it, it, had, it had enough matrices for me to gauge. It's like, okay, you know, this post is doing well, this post is doing okay. 
So it's not like, whereas for like Instagram, there's like so many different matrix, like YouTube, there's so many this kind of matrix. Even when you're writing an article, there's so many like data that you have that like, it's kind of like overwhelming at first, but for LinkedIn, like, yeah, it's really, especially if you're not on creator mode, literally there's only like what, four things, right? Like comment, share, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Like comment, share, and said, that's, that's pretty much the four things you, uh, a LinkedIn post has. So you were just so, there was not much, you didn't need to know much to start being a, like a content creator on LinkedIn. Yeah, so that's that. Cool, cool, cool. I think you have been in this platform for about three years now, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, I think I started from 2019. So it's, yeah, it's about three years. Yeah. But it wasn't like three consistent years. Like there was like, there are like seasons, you know, sometimes I'll be like really, really like hard at it. And after that, I'll just like go, especially um, the first two years I was doing that while like trying to study for like this bar exam. So during the times where I had like, free time I'll write on LinkedIn and during the time I to study like I'll just go for like a like a long period like a few months <laughs> the funny thing is that I will always think that okay you know after I don't post for a few months like fine that's it like the account is dead but every single time when I post back the traction gains back again so I'm just like okay this is weird you know nobody nobody follows that kind of like that kind of person like if a person doesn't post for like one or two months like that's it like they're gone you know but like for me like just I just kept on getting that traction back so I was just lost for words I'm like oh okay so it was just kind of like if that traction didn't come back I would just I could have easily quit at this point in time so yeah oh I can relate to that as well because um, I'm kind of like you actually like when you were uh, like when you were starting out like probably three years ago like I post once in a while didn't have a strategic structure so uh, once in a while I would just post something and he would still get quite a bit of impressions so I just felt like as long as you're able to write convincingly and provide value people will engage with your content and you will get quite a bit of impression regardless of um, how big or small your account size is so it really doesn't matter how many followers you have before I started my current job, I didn't really care about impressions. So even if let's say I did it, like I really like, yeah, I mean, to answer the question, like if I didn't get the amount of impressions I wanted, I'll still continue posting. In fact, I did just that. Like I had no form of activity for like two months and I still posted. So that was me before I got my current job. But now it's just like, yeah, now it, it hits right. Like you're so used to like, once I started my current job, obviously like, you know, it's just a bigger platform. So you get more reactions and stuff like that. But like it's seasons, right? So like once I hit a really, really high peak and then you go to a really, really low peak. So now like 1K impressions is just like, oh, I know it's too low. But back then 1K impressions was like, my gosh, is this so a lot? So it's just weird. So yeah, yeah, so then that. True. And I don't think that was your driving factor as to why you started creating in the first place because you eventually came back after being gone for a very long time and you also assumed that um, your impressions are going to take a dip because you haven't been posting in a while and people probably forgot about you. But uh, in reality, that was not the case, right? And I think this is very important for people to know as well, especially those who are considering LinkedIn as a platform for them to build their brand. Because I've seen a lot of people started creating like content on LinkedIn, but due to certain circumstances, they just stopped for a while and they just never came back because they thought, oh, like, I've been gone for a while and like no one would remember me or no one would want to engage with uh, someone's content who like who is not consistent. So um, yeah, I guess like impressions, your your, your like past performances uh, would not really determine your future content as well, right? Oh yeah, I, yeah. Uh, one th this is the most. This is so true. Like for me, like 
it's a it's a reality of things like where the numbers actually don't matter. Like I yeah, really the numbers actually don't matter. You could have three thousand followers, six thousand followers, fifteen thousand followers on LinkedIn, right? But if you're not really creating the content for your audience, right, it doesn't matter, you know. So for me, when I started my current role, you know, you, when you're working in media, the numbers are everything, right? <laughs> when you're working in like let's say an agency like if you don't hit the numbers that's it you know like you gotta hit the numbers but like yeah, i remember when i first started out like it didn't matter you know like for me like i was having like for me being able because i was creating for a much more smaller group of audience back then it was just law students you know so it was just really um i was able to be really in that space like i would literally uh like i think a few months or like a year or two after creating content over there like i actually started getting recognized like on people like oh aren't you the guy that posts on linkedin and stuff like that so yeah that's when he kind of like hit it's like oh my, oh my gosh like people actually read my posts you know i'm not just like some random dude like writing people actually like care what i have to say you know so yeah um yeah so there was like learning like trying to for me right now i'm just trying to tell myself look the numbers don't actually matter you know you just stick to creating good content and that's it but like you know that's difficult because the reality of my job is like the numbers do kind of matter to a certain point and i mean like you guys at whack as well right the numbers do matter because if the numbers don't matter you guys don't get paid and it would be whack you know so yeah that's that right 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 i think it's the mindset that matters i don't think i would say that numbers wouldn't exactly matter i think i would probably say that it takes a much less priority compared to your main objective, your main goal. I think for you, you wanted to create, like you wanted to learn how to write. So LinkedIn was a great platform for you to practice. And also you wanted to help um, other law graduates who are like seeking like alternative career. So because you have been through that process and you wanted to help them as well through your writing. So I think that was your main like sort of goal. I think fundamentally, you just need to have an idea or a philosophy that you want to communicate through your content. And eventually, I think you will build your own fan base. I mean, I had, yeah, I had an objective. So initially, it was like trying to create content for uh, Malaysian undergraduate law students and then I pivoted to Malaysian postgraduate law students. And I just, just kept on expanding to a bigger audience. It's just that I didn't really have like a proper strategy. I didn't know what pillars were. I didn't know like, oh, there's different kinds of content and there's different like you know the funnel kind of thing i didn't even know that um yeah so for me it was just um trying like you know when you for every content creator it's the similar thing right you start out you just want to create good content and then you realize that oh no it's not just about creating good content you know it's about having the strategy to create good content and that's how you get like people you know coming to you right i mean obviously good content it's king but you know without the strategy like kind of pointless lah. so yeah right absolutely and I don't think at that time you really stressed about the strategy as much. Your priority was more on just engaging with your community and sharing experiences and just providing value. And I think that's like the recipe for a successful LinkedIn brand. Nothing else. Like no other strategy can top this. Like you can have the best strategy, but if you don't have this, like you would still fail. That's why I think like. But honestly, your content right now is very seamless because you are very diversified. You post about F1, you talk about your uh, journey as a law graduate, 
you also talk about how you pivoted to writing. This is something that uh, a lot of um, LinkedIn branding experts would advise you against. Usually they would just advise you to pick a niche and stick to it, but you had a much more unconventional approach to it. How did you do it? How did you seamlessly combine all of those different niche and topics into one, like into your personality, into your brand? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. I've never actually thought about it until you, you asked me this question. Yeah, what's the glue, right? So for me, my story was basically, I like even my law story was just crazy enough. Like me passing the bar exam, like it was just insane really. So I guess my life was just like, that That itself was just like, oh, it's quite interesting. And then you add on the fact that, oh, he writes. And then, oh, he's a law graduate. Oh, he likes Formula One. So it's just like kind of layering it. But at the same time, I think at the heart of it, like, I'm still like very, like, I'm still kind of like that uh, curious kid, you know, still likes to do stuff and stuff like that. Yeah, so I guess that kind of still flows in my writing in a sense. And also it's still very, I remember back in the day when I used to like write those kind of content, a lot of people say it's like a very, it's a very positive, uplifting. It has that naive, it, like a, like, uh, it, there's the nice sense to it, but there's also that sense that uh, when you read that kind of content, it's like, oh, you know, it's like there's still some kind of like hope in this world and stuff like that. Yeah. So I guess like when, regardless of whether you read like uh, my follow one content, my LinkedIn content, or like the stuff I write for like this various different platform, that tone is still there. So yeah, I, I guess that's kind of the glue that sticks to it, uh, that sticks all of it together. Like to look at this kid, it's just like, oh, actually, like you can actually do this. I mean, like just take for one example. Like for Formula One, the thing that like I'm trying to do with my friend is actually we're just trying to show that even as fans, right, we still can create content and we can still give you a little bit of behind the scenes content, uh, like what all these other content creators are doing. Like. So it's kind of, yeah, so that was the thing that we're trying to do with like the newsletter because like even for like Formula One content, it's, um, it's you know, more people are getting in the sport, uh, more upcoming content creators are like trying to create their own content. You know? So how do you, uh, distinguish yourself among this huge spread of this unique spread of people and their content so yeah so that's what we try to do and I, I think our strategy for the newsletter was very interesting because like we are trying to market the newsletter by not marketing the newsletter which is very weird yeah so we're just trying to keep it like quality over quantity and stuff like that because we like me and my friend we are basically working adults we're doing this on the side so we don't actually have the time to go all in on this so I just like if we don't have the time to go all in on this let's just keep it lean as heck and just like you know quality over quantity uh, yeah quality over quantity yeah Ooh. so would that mean the newsletter is meant for f1 enthusiasts who regularly follow the scene and also want to know more about the industry means that you know these are like hyper fans compared to like casual readers yeah yeah so that means like for now we keep it so it's a monthly newsletter but we just try to like spice things up with a little bit of like extra stuff so uh, he does like analysis so he works in he's in in-house legal counsel he has like a decent semi-legal background so he would do all those analysis stuff uh and for me like i basically through my job like i managed to interview a couple of people in formula one so i'm kind of like, putting the strings over there so they know someone who's also working in the spot as well so we just have like a couple of interviews over there that's like the first season for the newsletter like then see how it goes Right now, we can't like go all in because like it's just like we just don't have the time. Yeah. So do you think your content should revolve around your personality and what you think is the best or what the audience wants? Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely should revolve around your audience. Uh, For me, you're still... Yeah, it's weird because right now, like I actually don't have like a proper, proper 
uh, I, I mean, like my strategy isn't 100%. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like all over the place, right? So yeah, I, I think for one, for me as a content creator, it's different because like I'm not pitching you a service. So for me, I'm writing, I'm selling people a feeling in a sense. So um, people read my, I know why people read my international education content is because of the stories of the people. They're just hella unique. Uh, enterprise tech is kind of a new stuff, but for me, it was just like my writing journey was just very different because like I'm a law graduate. So and literally in my profile, you see content writer and you see like CLP, like there's just two different things that, that you would never see together. So yeah, there's that. Um, and it still kind of roughly ties back to the story. It's like, hey, this guy who is like a law graduate slash writer managed to do it. So it should like empower you to this thing. But I think for me, the audience I'm looking for is still law graduate who are wanting to explore the path, like the alternate, alternative legal career. And then for me, it's like, oh, if you want to become a writer, this is how I do it. So I still do get those kind of messages and stuff like that. Lah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like that strategy over there. But I mean, because yeah, it's weird. I don't sell you a service, you know, because if I sell you a service, I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm this, 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 that, that, that guru. I'll just create content out there. I'll sell you the service done, CTA. Is there a type of content format on LinkedIn that performs better than the others? Um, for example, text posts, image beast, video, carousel. Because usually people say that, oh, like if you're writing a text post, then it's better to include like a photo. So that's why a lot of people started like, you know, taking pictures like selfies and posting them along with your text post. What's your opinion on it? Yeah. So it depends on the audience and it also depends on what kind of creator are you. Right. So for me, I'm a writer. So I don't really do video content. In fact, I've rarely, I've never done video content before. Um, yeah, I've never done video content before, which is weird. So yeah, it depends on the creator you are. So for me, I know most of my audience are text, like they're text-based audience. So they don't do, they don't really do audio. So they're, they're not even visual people. Like I tried like carousels and stuff like that, image-based posts. Yeah, but it's, it's weird. Like, so for me, most of the better reactionary posts I got were mainly text and the image-based posts. Yeah. So I guess it's just determining, you you know, right? You basically start out by just experimenting with a bunch of like different, different kind of content. And then you know which one sticks, right? The one with the most highest engagement and impressions. And then, oh, if your audience like video, then you just stick with that. If your audience likes text, you just stick with that. But yeah. So for me, like I started with text. No, I started with students and my audience now mainly is still writers, creative and law students, people with, who don't really have that amount, that much amount of time. And in terms of like how people consume content on LinkedIn, it's really different now compared to before. Like when I started in 2019, it was, I think part of the reason why it was easy for me to start, there weren't a lot of people who were like actively posting. Like you literally could count with your hands like the number of people who are posting. Now it's a lot more, you know, everybody is like slowly getting onto the trend and stuff like that. Um, and then back then during COVID, um, it was people, there was a lot more eyeballs on the platform because like people were just stuck at home. So now it's different, like people are either moving a LinkedIn post, you know, on the way to work and stuff like that. So it's different attention band, it's a lot shorter. So yeah. And I think LinkedIn also has this reputation, like, you know, it's corporate, it's boring and like, you know, people only use it for professional networking. Like, especially among, like, people in their early 20s. But do you think there are a lot more people creating content now on LinkedIn? Like, uh, especially the younger ones. It's it's still, like, a semi-professional slash social media kind of thing. Because people still reach out to you for jobs and stuff like that. But, yeah, definitely the social aspect of LinkedIn has increased dramatically. Especially from, like, the end of last year. 
this year, oh my gosh, like I'm seeing so much more personal posts. I guess that's another new tactic, I guess, because, you know, with the LinkedIn report and everything, just like, oh, you need to be more um, personal. And yeah, I started seeing more of that this year. I, I, I just don't know why. Like, it wasn't that apparent, but man, like, even for Q1, you see so much of this, like, uh, random, like, memes started to do well on LinkedIn, um, lives, personal sharing posts, video content started to blow up. So it's just like, yeah, very, very, very interesting. Very, very different from back then when, when we started posting here. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have to be well, well spoken and stuff like that, but I think at the core of it, just by being yourself, it's fine. Like you've seen the case with like Eric, um, Eric Sue from True Bubs. He doesn't talk very professionally. He just talks like himself, you know, Manglish and stuff like that. And it works. So it's just like, I don't think you have to be, I mean, it depends like if you are from like a Western speaking uh, family or with like the Western audience, obviously your grammar will be more polished and stuff like that. Uh, like for me, my content, I don't really use like the Manglish kind of thing. It's very polished. So that's that. Uh, but yeah, it, it really depends on your audience. If it, if most of your audience is like, you know, from Malaysia and you're going to talk like very proper British-ish, it's going to sound weird, right? Uh, but if, if that's you, it's fine. You know, if like a Mark Hoya, it's fine. But yeah, it's, it's just really writing in a way, in, in the language and the style that's just best understood by your audience. So did you end up getting any clients just by writing on LinkedIn? I literally got this job. A lot of it, I think a huge factor was because of my LinkedIn profile. And I would say, and I say like my LinkedIn profile and me, like for me, running a newsletter, creating content on LinkedIn and also my LinkedIn, uh, and yeah, and my current job, I think these three in combination just provides such a strong impression. But yeah, def- definitely like for like freelancing stuff, people still do reach out. Um, When I first started before, I think the first two months when I started writing, I was actually working freelance while writing like a full-time job. And after that, I just stopped freelancing because like, it was just full-time consuming. But Yeah, I do believe in that as well, honestly. Because in contrary to what most people think about LinkedIn is that you don't really need um, a lot of followers or um, a lot of impressions in order to get clients. I, I think it really comes down to how well you understand the platform and whether you can deliver that for your clients or not. But I guess in this case, uh, you kind of showcase you know, your capabilities through your newsletter your content and I guess that's how you eventually got your job as well how frequent do you think one should be posting on LinkedIn like realistically it depends I guess so I've read so I mean this is all like true experiments and me reading and me me doing right so there's a theory that says that when you start out you need to really really post like you need to build build that content pool right and after that once you got the audience and the cons- once you got the audience and the following then you can be consistent you don't have to like you know aggressively post that much uh i guess that's true for me you know as a student like i i this because this was three years back <laughs> so it's been a while it's been a minute um i yeah i think back then when i first started it wasn't at one point yeah definitely daily ish like very very frequent and then yeah after that it just kind of died down died down died down now i post i, I try to keep it to two times a week and yeah that, that kind of helps lah. yeah awesome Okay, before we wrap this session up, Nathan, do you have any tips for people who are still figuring out their content? Right, right. Uh, I guess the easiest tips is like, if you have nothing, if you feel like you have nothing to write, just look at what you do every single day. You know, like you, you are your own story, right? Like literally everybody, like that's the best part about LinkedIn is that everybody definitely has a story. Nobody, like if someone says like, oh no, that's just an ordinary day in my life. That is how 
it's already a story. So you you want to start like usually you know for LinkedIn right? It's um the way the algorithm works is that you only have it depends on like the post. Sometimes you only people will only read the first four lines. So the first line will basically you need to kind of like hook the audience, which is just really simple. Right? You start with either like a statement. You know, it's like I did this, or usually. Yeah, it's it's very weird. There's no fixed way to do it, but usually you just start with a hook. You know, usually I tend to start with um with a statement or a question, and then after that you just give the contacts, you give the layering, and then you end with like the ending question, which is like the call to action. You know, what do you think? Or uh, if you want like somebody to do something, then you just ask them to do something. But yeah, in terms of like back when I was like a law student, that was really easy. Like if I'm targeting a law student, I'll basically say like. Oh, I didn't know how to study this subject. I didn't know how to study that subject, and then like I did this, 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 that, that, that. Then I learned this, you know. Then after that, you can just end with like, so what do you think? Is this subject hard or is this subject easy? So it's that kind of stuff there. Awesome. All right. I think that's all for today. And Nathan, thank you for coming in and sharing experiences. I really think that a lot of people are going to benefit from that. And I hope. You know, to have you on this podcast again soon, sometime maybe we can discuss about another topic. But yeah, man. Yeah, you too, man. Rest up, man. Yeah. <laughs>